Hello. Hello. Hello, welcome back to Industry Tactics. My name is Friendly Rich. Did you know that I have a new record coming out? That's right, kids. The Great Blue Heron featuring Kevin Bright and Hawksley Workman. Very excited to announce this. It comes out on digital platforms September 14th. And we're going to do a big release show with the Lollipop people and those guys, Kevin and Hawksley, at the Heliconian Hall in Toronto. On uh, That's October 13th. So get your tickets now. Everything, all the dates, lots of performance dates announced on uh, my website, FriendlyRich.com. We're playing the Guelph Jazz Festival. Many exciting uh, shows. My hometown, Brampton, Ontario, returning to the home of culture herself to bring the great blue heron to the good, clean people of Brampton. Uh, so I look forward to seeing you along the way. I hope you can make it out to some of these shows, especially that October 13th uh, big CD release in Toronto. Okay, episode number 35, if you can believe it. Featuring the songstress, the chanteuse, the singer of songs, the lazy La Pigra, La Pigra Soprano. Essa si chiama Patricia O'Callaghan. Patricia O'Callaghan, buckle up and prepare to be dazzled. Kambuki, Mongol, here it comes. Again, on battery powered. We're on the on the front porch, the back porch actually, of Patricia O'Callaghan. She's got the microphone. You can barely hear me. I'm speaking loudly. Let's. Oh no no no. We sound we sound, sound regal. Good? We sound regal out yeah. here. Um, I'll be hunched over like this. Okay, the whole time. She's pounding an a thousand year egg. What is it? A thousand year old egg. Isn't that what they're called? Yeah. yeah they're marinating like. Listen to this. Tarragon and. Soy and tamari. Oh, Christ, listen to the eating sounds. So good. I'm so sorry. Keep doing that in the mic, please. I'm really sorry. I'm so hungry. Patricia O'Callaghan, we're right out, right out of the gate. She pounds a thousand-year-old egg. <laughs> Welcome to Industry Tactics and salute. Cheers. What salute. have you mixed us here? We're having a little drinky poo. Mm -hmm. Drinky it's poo. Got, mm, yeah. It's mezcal. Mm -hmm. uh, 400 rabbits mezcal. Yeah. And then it's got... Some kombucha in it. Oh, all right, a little, little kombuki. A little bit of orange liqueur. Okay, liqueur. Lime juice wow. and ginger juice. Man, uh, guys, friends, I wish you could taste this. It is a tasty drink that she's mixed here for us. It's crazy. The last time I had drinky poo on this podcast was with uh, another chanteuse. Who was that? Pangman, Alex oh, Puckman. Oh, Alex. A great little chat. Awesome. You're, you're kind of bringing it back to oh, uh, Chanteuse. Now Chanteuses, you're not supposed. You're lot. not. You don't. You don't drink a lot, do you? No. You, uh, well, I. It depends. You know, when I was doing strictly opera. Yes. I had to be very restricted, 
Mind you, I know a lot of opera singers who can really put it back. I'm impressed. Yeah, that's a thing, right? That should be a thing. Like, but like, it's not, right? For your instrument, you're supposed I, to keep it, it lacquered. I am very sensitive and I can't handle it. Okay. I, so, but, you know, once I started singing with a microphone and, uh, you know, songs that were less technically demanding, I certainly... You know, I love to have a beer with my band after a show. Oh, listen to this. Or even if I'm on a tour, I'll have a glass of wine in the intermission. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. In the spirit of Leonard Cohen. And then if I'm not actually, you know, on tour or something, I'll yep. certainly drink. Absolutely. And that's what we're doing here, eh? Uh-huh. And you're, thanks for o- opening up your uh, your mind here on your porch and your, and your house. Oh, I'm so glad this you came. This is exciting to chat. I'm glad we ran into each other on the streetcar. I ran into you on the streetcar. I says, you know what? Next thing we know, here we are, podcasting, <laughs> industry tactics. What are we going to talk about? That's a good question. Um, Let's talk about your voice. Okay. Okay. What do you want to say about I mean... How has it evolved since you began doing this, and where, and, and why did you begin doing mm, this? Right. That's a big question. Yeah. Well, well I'm just thinking about Drinky Poo, right? And, uh, <laughs> and how it all revolves around that, guarding your voice. Yeah, I don't really guard it that much anymore. And that's another reason I got out of classical music because oh. I, I feel like I feel like you can pretty much do anything with your voice as long as you work it in over time. I mean, I don't mean abuse it with alcohol and yeah. and cigarettes necessarily, although, okay. you know, people people smoke and sing for decades and There you go. You know, you, you look at you look at Inuit throat singing. Yeah. It's a very specific thing that you're doing way in the back of your throat. Yeah. Mongolian throat singing. Uh, right on. It's in a complete. I started studying Mongolian throat singing recently, and yeah? it's in. It's so counterintuitive to me. Everything that I would do as a singer, mm. it's in deep, deep in your throat. It's mm. like. It's way back there. It's where you want to throw up and cough, like way, way back there. Let's do it. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> anyway. All right, so we've got our next anyway. duet, our next duet project. Duets. <laughs> Mongol the Mongolian Butchers. That was good. Hey? That's the perfect name, I think. Mongola pre m- Mongoliation. Oh, Mongold. Just mongled, yeah. Jeez, jeez. Are you studying it for real? Yeah, there's a really there? cool guy in Sydney, uh, Australia, oh, yes, where yes. I study with. His name's Buku. Uh, but anyway, my point originally was that you can pretty much do anything with your voice if you work it in over time. Okay. And, you know, you, you gain the technique to do it. Love it. I think. And for me, I mean, it's been... I've been studying you know for 30 years probably i don't study anymore but i did study for a good 20 25 years what about buku sorry classical yeah i don't study classical singing anymore okay good um good good Good. that's good that's where you started like that's kind of where the love Uh, began uh i sang in heavy metal bands and rock i'm from northern ontario so i just sang dryden no, I was born in Dryden, Dryden, yeah, and then I lived all over Smooth Rock Falls, Sioux Lookout, Pine Falls, Iroquois Falls, little, little towns, pulp and wow. paper towns. Wow. Um, so there was no, there were no singing teachers, there was no training. I studied piano, yeah. and 
then I sang in bands and rock bands and I wrote songs and I wanted to be you know a rock uh -huh. singer uh -huh. then uh, in wow. a nearby city Timmins Ontario I found a teacher and she also had a choir and so I started singing in her choir and I started discovering classical music and then I fell in love with the classical vocal repertoire and so I just went in that direction for many many years and then I realized after university that you know it's a pretty pretty rigid sort of world the mm -hmm. world of classical music and, mm -hmm. and it didn't seem completely suited yeah. to yeah. me yeah. although it's still you know my I really do consider it my foundation and and at heart, I, I guess, you know, uh, it's a huge part of who I am as a musician, for and, sure. And gig-wise, in a year, are you still, you, you still dabble, or, or? In classical in music, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah th I, I mean, one of the gigs I do is with Tom Allen. He's yes. a CC guy, and so. Shout out to Tom Allen. Yeah. And he'll have and me children. singing, he'll have me singing Strauss and Handel in the same, you know, as in the same program as a blues tune or a pop song that we've written together. Right on, right on. Which I love, because then you get to do everything. Yeah. And I get to play piano and percussion. And so that's what you enjoy doing, eh? It's like really, I think, kind of... I like it. I like the mix of it. Mixing it yeah, up. I mixing do. it up. And in my own shows, I'll, I'll definitely want to mix genres. I'll definitely throw in classical tunes alongside pop songs or cabaret songs and definitely mix languages up and I, I just feel like it's all music and they're all songs and if they're approached in an accessible way there's no reason why anyone shouldn't have access to them or understand them immediately like there's there's just this whole thing around the classical music thing where you you know that the whole Victorian era and um, invented this thing where you can't clap between movements mm. you've got to have all of this etiquette around it oh shit mm. is that all right? and and I, I think that's also stupid, mm. and uh, and it's. Mm -hmm. I think they wanted it to be an elitist thing, you know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it shouldn't be. And so yeah, when yeah, I started yeah. getting into what I wanted to do as a career, I was like, I want to do classical music, but I want to do it in bars, and I want my friends to see it. And turn it upside down. Yeah, but that was a long time ago, and now it's pretty kind of commonplace to see that thing. R right, yeah. and 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 that's that's a nice thing, right? That's a, a sign of good change, I think. Yeah. Right? Oh and yeah. Definitely. And and yeah. the listener being uh, up for the challenge, I, th I yeah. hope. I hope. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Can yeah. we play something from your first record? Oh yeah, sure. Uh, when did that come out? 1997. <laughs> We're going for a high five. That's uh, a. <laughs> I'm gonna congratulations on the 20 year I'm exactly 20 uh, years anniversary. This year. I'm yeah. gonna release some remastered version this year. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's exciting. And yeah. and let's play something. What's your favorite track from the from the record? Oh God, uh, I don't know. Maybe do you want something slow or more upbeat? Or there's a really beautiful Eric Satie song called Elegie. Whatever goes well with this uh, kombuki. Okay, here we go. Eric Satie. Sure. What are we doing? Elegie. Uh, the elegy. The elegy. Okay.
you've done differently now 20 years later if you were if you to reapproach kind of that recording anything oh. in general but maybe even specifically on that tune I mean think things have changed so much honestly the way I rec- I had no money ah, and ah. I was a waitress and I just graduated university fun and I went to the music gallery the old one on Richmond the old one on Richmond that actually sounded like a beautiful recording studio. Actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Paul Hodge, the engineer there, we go, there, there we go. he recorded it. Wow. And I would go in whenever I had $25, because he charged $25 an hour. Sick. Shout out to Paul Hodge. Yeah. And I'd go in with my pianist, and we would record as many tunes as we could in an hour. And I think I maybe got, you know, five five sessions in there. And so all of these songs are unedited there's not a single edit so we had to cut several tunes because I couldn't get yeah. a full version that was good enough for me to put on the CD. DIY self-funded yeah yeah totally oh. self-funded you gotta love that and that and it was a really life-changing thing for me I uh, I got a, a, a Chalmers grant yeah to and that helped me oh sorry it wasn't self-funded well, I got a Chalmers grant to help okay. me fund it okay and it helped me quit waitressing and then I, I made the CD, my parents lent me money. Wow. And then once I put it out, then I got a record contract and then everything just completely changed. Yeah. Wow, what was that like? That was That's an exciting time. Oh, it was right, yeah. Yeah. It was pretty thrilling. Yeah. And I mean, again, that was in a day when record contracts existed and, and, and labels okay. would invest in artists. Uh, you know, they, they, I signed a five here we go. Listen CD up, kids. Contract. So, okay, so this is industry tactics. <laughs> How did that feel? So somebody found you? Yeah. Who found you? What was his or her uh, name? Come on, come on. The, walk us through that. It, so I, I released my CD. I had a party okay. at the music gallery. Here we go. And I gave the CD to anyone I knew in the it's media, which was card. not a lot of people. Okay. But I think three different people had approached Marquee Classics, which was this small classical record label. But they, they were going into more jazz and crossover stuff. Okay. So they had heard from three different sources that they should listen to this CD. So yeah. then they did, and then they approached me. Huh. So then we released another CD immediately the next year. Named? Called Slow Fox. Slow Fox. Which is Kurt Vile and Schoenberg and like pretty crazy stuff. And But some Leonard Cohen too. 
sit back and prepare to be dazzled. We're going to play, let's play some, some, one of your Kurt Vile tunes. Let's just assault the listener. Absolutely. Here comes some of the obscure shit yeah. from, from, from Kurt Vile, from you her bet. second record. That's what it is. Slow Foxes. Slow what are you coming for into So, yeah. so you quickly belt out another record. You mean business? Like bel- belted it out with and just you and piano, or, or uh, what's the, what's your orchestration? Nope, there's some Sh- strings. We, and we I just listened to it. I should know. <laughs> <laughs> I remember showing up at the recording studio, and going, yep. "What's what's Barry Schiffman, the violinist, doing here come in on, the recording studio?" And like, he's like, "I'm on your CD." I'm like, "Oh my god." And that was through the label? Yeah, the label had hired all the players. Holy cow. And they were great players. It was really awesome. Um, um, Stuart Lott was on it. All these. Wow, so, wow. Yeah, David Hetherington. All Holy the best shit. players in the city, yeah. Holy shit. And so how did that happen at the music gallery? They, they, this is no longer the music gallery. Somebody discovered you, though, and they said, we want to sign you. Five-year deal. Yeah. Let's do some work. They did that. And then after that happened, I released Slow Fox. Then I got a call from another label in Germany, Teldec, Here we which go. is a Warner label, wow. which no longer exists. Yeah, rest in peace. But they were such a good label. They had, like, Guidon Kramer, Malta Agerich, oh. uh, you know, heavy classical players, but yeah. also people who were doing uh, out of the bounds of normal classical repertoire. Okay. And again, they were looking to branch out, so I signed a contract with them. Um, what was the cat's name that's, that signed you? Dirk Lange. The holy shit, Dirk Lange. I was based in Hamburg, and I, oh I got man. to go to Hamburg, and like put, they put me up in these fancy hotels. It was really fun. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So then you, you've done some great stuff here. This yeah, is so exciting to hear. It was, it was. Fun and did nice. you put out the five records? Did you honor your uh, Marquis classics, so or I did they pass away? No, they didn't pass on. They're still here. Here we go. Uh, shout out to Marquis. Yeah, and uh, I did the real. I did a, the one with Dirk Lange with uh, Teldec, and yeah. but it, or it was still Marquis within Canada. Okay. Then oh, I did I see. one final one with them. 
and then wow. silence for ages and they it, it, then things became difficult I, we had a bit of challenging relationship on and off who Marky yeah you? Marky and I okay and finally I just said listen I gotta release another CD. You're not letting me make a living here. Mm -hmm. This is my livelihood. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. If you don't like any of my proposals, tell me what you want me to record. Oh, so you were pitching stuff. You're like, hey, I'm I gonna do an all stuff. All Randy Newman with string quartet. Nope. You know this, that, the other thing. Oh. Uh, and they said we just want an all Cohen album. And I said, fine. I'll happily do an all Cohen album. And so then I did one, and that was agreed upon that that was my last deal with them. What's the name of that record? Matador. As in the Matador Tavern here in Toronto. Oh, shit. Which he used to go to all the time. Um, um, let's play and a track. And where he filmed uh, Closing Time. Let, let's play a track to, okay. to end the trilogy here with yeah. uh, with your... You, this is exciting. The, the five record yep. release. Yep. What do you want to play from the all Leonard Cohen record? Well, surely we could pick yeah, okay. How about something a little more upbeat then? How about Dance Me to the End of Love? Oh, here it comes. Dance Me to the End of Love. Salute. Kambuki. We're, Salute. We're, we're polishing it off the kambuki here. It's tasty. It is a tasty treat. Here it comes now.
That's what you're doing, eh? You're, you're, you're turning it upside down. What would you say if, if someone said, "How do you describe yourself as a, as an artist?" Like, what, what? Uh, it's not strictly a. Uh, yeah, I never. What, know what, what do you to do? Say, what do you, you say? You, you, I, I mean, I just say I'm a singer of songs. I sing songs. There you go. Nice and simple, straight down the middle. She's a singer of songs. And I don't. Um, yeah, I. I it's interesting, you know, the Leonard Cohen stuff, for example. Yeah. I, I do do some of it with a big band live, like with, you know, a five-piece band. Mm-hmm. But often I'll just tour with piano and bass. Oh, and it's really more than anything an art song recital. It, you know, and I, I do love that. Like, uh, people have called me a cabaret singer and I got yeah, yeah. sort of put into that yeah. pigeonhole. Uh, which was fine because when I started my career, I was doing old world cabaret like Satie and Poulenc and Piat, like the, you know, yeah. turn of the last century kind of stuff, yeah. the origins of cabaret. Right. But I really feel like it's evolved into something else. And mm-hmm. I'm not really that. I, uh, you know, I'm, uh, I'm not particularly funny. I'm not a comedian on stage. Mm-hmm. I just want to sing songs. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of serious about them. I, I, get, I get really intense about them. And mm-hmm. I, I, uh, of course, I'll throw in the odd patter tune and, and mm-hmm. some funnier things, but mostly the repertoire I choose is really quite intense. So I don't think cabaret is really the right genre for me to be called. Yeah. I think it's a, it's a good word because cabaret also means you can have you can have spoken word, you can have comedy, you can have yeah, it's kind of uh, acrobats. Open. You can have singers, and you it's know, it's up to your yeah complete interpretation. Yeah, in way. yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. a kind of a catch-all phrase. It's not exactly confining. Yeah, exactly. Are in you? That um, way it's good. W- where do you want to push it? Like, what? Uh, what's with? Uh, what's his name? Uh, in the the Mongolian uh, oh, tutor, Buku. Buku. What What's going on there? Like, uh, yeah, exploration, pushing yeah, the envelope on always. your end. Yeah, you have yeah, to. Yeah, I feel like yeah. you can't ever get stuck and. Um, back in my early days as a classical singer, I used to do a lot of um, uh, new music. You know, I'd work, I still do, I work with a lot of composers uh-huh. uh, in terms of premiering their works and things like that. And so I would end up doing a lot of extended vocal techniques. And uh, we did this one piece back in the day called Stimmung by Karl Heinz Stockhausen. There we go! Yeah, I mean, it's a it's pretty seminal. It was a really seminal piece for me. Some to of do. you listeners might know him for his views uh, shared on the View after 9/11. Keep going. I keep going. It's fine. Um, and uh, so it, you had to use a lot of 
uh, extended vocal techniques. You had to do overtone singing. Okay. And that was like a window that opened for me into the idea that there are all these other sounds I can make with my voice rather than just a pretty sound that comes mm. out when mm. you produce a nice smooth sound and so that's never really left me and uh, awesome I've always wanted to yeah I, I mean I just I studied classical singing just so that I would have options and then you know 20 years later you realize oh I'm in another box mm. How did I wind up here? I was doing this so I could be free, and now I'm not free again anymore. So I think I think the quest is always just to find your authentic voice, mm. and it, you're never going to find it. And it's just that's the point. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's everywhere. It's like there's so much to explore. And are you continuously inspired by stuff like the yeah, y- y- like yeah. what's blowing your mind lately? Uh, Apart from uh, cuckoo. Sorry, Buku. <laughs> oh God, I can never remember when people say, "Hey, what's no, no," and I don't mean I, like the new, uh, the new Kendrick. I just mean like in general. Like it could be the guy that was just uh, doing the repair on his back deck here. I mean, what, what? Yeah, that was interesting. So um, you're traveling a lot between uh, Australia, is it? Australia and, and, and Canada, and, Canada, and yeah. I do a fair amount of touring, mostly yeah. within Canada, a little yeah. bit in Europe, and yeah, um, yeah. Uh, I don't know. When I listen to music at home, yeah. I just listen to a pretty simple acoustic stuff. I listen to I listen to Balinese gamelan music, there which I love and have always loved, and am incredibly inspired by. Yeah. I listen to a lot of Spanish music, uh, a lot of flamenco. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I love any Spanish repertoire. Simple guitar and voice stuff. Um, I listen to South Asian music a lot, South Asian yeah. classical music, South yeah. Indian classical music. Yeah, right on, um, right on. This is a nice diet. Yeah, this I mean, it's nice all diet. just really good, authentic, interesting stuff that yeah. um, helps you see that there are so many options. You know, yeah. and that whole South Indian vocal yeah. style, it's oh its own God. thing, right? And it's, yeah. and you just, you train it into your voice. Like, you can train anything into your voice. Yeah. And so... I love your approach of, like, you'll never quite be there but that ain't the point right i mean it's it's constantly it's yeah. turning turning the stones over right not that yeah. you ever feel satisfied or i mean it, it that's not totally true but i get it i, I get it you know that uh, you want to keep pushing right and yeah. and but and mastering and refining who you are in your approach to all this stuff so like do you feel that do you feel that like is i don't i don't know what the question certain is certain amount there, of mastery you mean or yeah I mean, I do feel like after I, I've uh, I've also had huge challenges with um, stage fright and hmm. nerves on stage, and I do feel like after you know maybe 15 years mm-hmm. of really solid performing, mm-hmm. uh, that finally became like not that I was the master of it. I still always get nervous. Doesn't matter what the performance is, but it's not going to go into a place that's really negative where I'm not in control anymore. Okay. I don't do that anymore. And that's kind of a yeah. relief. Yeah. <laughs> and vocally, yeah. of course I have, you know, I've built up an enormous amount of stamina and technique over the years where mm-hmm. I can just rely on my voice to do a lot of stuff, which is so satisfying Yeah, singing. to know your instrument and to know what you can do with it. Yeah. Yeah. And to know that you have lots of colors and things that you can play with. That's, and, and, and I think over the years, I, uh, I'm less shy about exploring those colors. 
you know, when you're in the classical thing, it's all very, uh, it must be a beautiful sound. It must be this. This is the voice. You'll hear it for the the next hour and whatever. Exactly. And now I hear that stuff and I can't, I can't even, yeah, I'm not into it. What, What is it? You get bored? What, what, what makes you want to kind of vary that up? Uh... What are you? I, what are you, Virgo? What's your, what, no, what do you, am, no, I was meant I, to be. I, I, I was meant to be born I made that up. I don't know the science, but I mean, you think it's with your personality? Is obviously it's got to be. But like couldn't what? tell you. Yeah, who the don't hell? Know. Know. Who the hell? Kambuki. Yeah. Kambuki. Um, okay, salute. We're salute. down near the end of it here, yeah. and, and this will be our hourglass. We're having a nice time here. Mm-hmm. What are some of the tactics that you want to share with our gentle listeners? Okay. Industry tactics, like what have you learned that you would want to definitely pass on? And de- like the stage fright thing to me is a very interesting thing that you kind of overcame. Yeah, and you know, honestly, so that was all happening when I like I got a record contract. I suddenly was getting good gigs. Wow, shit! And I was I had insomnia. I could it was awful. I'm like, okay, I've suddenly got the career that I dreamed about having all my life, and I'm dysfun. I can't function. Wow. I'm gonna either wow. have to change careers or find a way to deal with this. Do it in front of a sheet, like just put a sheet, or whatever. It well, is. The I sarcophagus just, of, uh, <laughs> so, yeah. I just started, uh, I started meditating yeah. and I started exercising regularly uh-huh. and I, and then I just was getting this mass of gigs. Like I think it was sheer volume of putting myself out there in public again and again and again. And the combination of those three things. Do you still meditate? Like is it a I pretty? Do. Yeah. What kind of meditation? Like uh, well, I, I study Kundalini yoga. Here we go. And so, uh, in fact, I just from a fantastic woman called Catherine Duncanson, who is a yoga teacher, but she's also a dancer and a performance artist and a director. And oh, wow. she's, so like, it's she's right in line with, okay, yeah. cool, cool, cool. She's cool. brilliant. That's interesting. But she just gave me a personal sadhana to practice for 40 days. It's just like a, a little, uh, it's a chant that you do for about 11 to 15 minutes. Can you share it? Uh, well, the words are Om Namo Gurudev Namo. So it's, uh, it's basically that's just That's one, that's one cycle. You, you say it three on. times before you, you breathe again. So it's Om Namo Gurudev, Namo Gurudev, Namo Gurudev, Om Namo Gurudev, Namo Gurudev, Namo Gurudev, Om Namo Gurudev, Namo Gurudev, Namo Gurudev. Breathe, breathe. Oh, oh shit, yeah. okay. <laughs> and it's funny because the actual physical aspect of that, which works well for me because I'm just a physical yeah. person, because what I do is sing, it's very physical. Yeah. Uh, it, it keeps me occupied in my meditation. Okay. And, and the breathing really helps me, I find. And then by the end of 15 minutes, I'm like a completely different person. Wow, man. It's good. It's really good. I recommend it. That's the Kundalini Yoga. Kundalini, yeah. We're, we're running out of power on this battery. Do you so want me enjoy- to plug it in or no, we um, Well, I mean, I guess we could, but that is there is that That's power right there? Yeah. yeah. I, I, just to be safe, why don't we? No, percent? no, not even, not even. We'll just, yeah, industry tactics, this. industry tactics. Uh, you know, it's just going to, we're just going to work it. Your shoes because are so fantastic. I, I want to hair as, why, why? They're just beautiful. They're br- I have a brown shoe with some Yeah, but they're weathered boot. perfectly. Oh, they thanks. Look they're such good quality, but they're so limited. No, 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 not at all, not at all. No, no good quality. No, bad no, quality. Not really. Aldo, Aldo. It's an Aldo. No. Track. Industry tactics. You wear them well. Thank you, thank you. So um, let's keep talking. My voice will travel, so we don't have to stop it. <laughs> okay. This is great. I'm glad we're just getting in there. Yeah, um, yeah. And we can. Should we shift everything over just a little? 
Just no, 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 not even. Don't okay. hurt yourself. I'll make I'm it not going to hurt myself. Com comfort, comfort for, for, for Trish. Oh, no. Okay. Keep it wearing... comfortable. Um, where were we? I wanted to, yeah, some other tack. Oh, no! Oh, oh, oh no, shit. Oh, I hit a button. Oh. That's what you do, industry tactics. You should have listened to your Are fine you, uh... guest. She knows. She Did you go to Harris? Where did you go to school? I went to U of T. U of T. And then I went to the BAM Center for the Arts, and then I oh. went and did some opera in Austria, and then that was it for me. Holy I smoke. studied in Vienna, right in Vienna. Graz, no, in the Graz. south. Yeah. Okay. Oh come on, man! I'm really destroying this episode. I'm really trying to sabotage. You are. So, um, <laughs> who'd you study with at U of T? Uh, I studied with Lois Marshall and Mary Morrison. Okay. Teachers. Um, okay. It was Lois Marshall's first year of teaching. Wow. She was a wonderful, wonderful soprano turn, mezzo-soprano. She, um, she had polio. Are you a soprano? Technically, I'm a soprano. Okay. Yeah, but I don't really sing soprano anymore. I'm a okay. lazy soprano, I guess. Uh, not mezzo. Say. She's lazy soprano. I think I'm more of a lazy soprano. Pigra, pigra. Soprano pigra. That's good. That's got legs. <laughs> yeah? That's got soprano legs if we made it Can like I a thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Io so soprano pigra. pigra. Yeah. Is I know that word well because, uh, you know, the Italians like to throw that oh, word around. Thank right? you. I'm pigra. using that. Good, good, yeah, please. It's a new term. <laughs> it's not a lyrica, it's a pigra. It's pigra, yeah, it's good, it's got legs. And okay, so you studied with uh, at U of T. Yep, Lois Marshall, Mary Morrison, and then went to the BAM Center and studied uh, extended vocal te techniques with this dude, Richard Armstrong, who was super cool. Who I studied, heard have great you heard things of him? about Richard Armstrong, yes. Yeah, he, he worked with this guy, uh, Roy. I'm blanking on his okay, name. Okay, okay. But basically, he was an ambulance driver in the Second World War. Oh, there you go. And he heard all of these noises coming out of people mm -hmm. as they were dying or in agony. Mm -hmm. And he thought, what if we could make these noises when we were in a state of calm and peace and joy? Mm -hmm. And, like, how much more access to life would we have if... If wow. these were all a part of our vocabulary. And so he started... Experimenting with all these crazy sounds. What a beautiful Recorded place! Sounds. I mean, and a, and a horrible, in a way, place for your art to come from. Just like I mean, well, you know, yeah, and so many, so much amazing art has come, like yeah. you know, Messiaen yeah. or Leonard Cohen. I mean, right. yeah, all of that. It's but just to see that that's the spark of you know, yeah, like know. where that came from. That's it's, really interesting. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah, Cohen does that a lot. He yeah. he will take a story about death. Yeah, yeah, and change it into a love song. Huh. He's done that. On yeah, like dance me to the end of love. Yeah, yeah. That, uh, um, dance me to the beauty. Mm -hmm. uh, dance me to your beauty with a burning violin. Mm. Dance me through the panic till I'm gathered safely in. Lift me like an olive branch and be my homeward dove and dance me to the end of love. Mm. That's from uh, the. Uh, he heard a story that um, a group of Jews were being accompanied into the gas chambers by a string quartet. Oh shit. Yeah. Yeah, and so that's actually the image that that comes from and the beginnings of that song came from. So a horrible image wow. of death. Uh, wow. Yeah, it's turned. turned into a love song. Yeah. So, so when you approach a tune, you really dig in, eh? You really get, you go, you kind of go deep into, you want to know what, what you're singing about. Uh, Obviously, yeah. that was a kind of yeah. a dumbass question, yeah. but... <laughs> Um, how do you go about sure. doing that? Like, are you? How did you research that Cohen record? I, 
just here and there, you know, and I find, you know, you'll go down a rabbit hole, right? You'll just start. I just found out about these, these, mm. these Cohen archives that are in the city, here in the city, that have been released oh, yeah. since he passed away. Um, oh. And a whole bunch of unreleased um, poems and stuff from uh, his early books of poetry that I'm going to go and read. Oh, yeah? That's going to be so cool. I like that. Probably yeah, really shitty stuff. Well, <laughs> no, that's you know, okay. it's the stories, right? It's you're you're yeah. turning the stones over, right? Yeah. Under you're looking under the stones yeah. for nuggets. No, I think it's nuggets of inspiration, right? I think that's what you're doing. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I I don't. You gonna do more of his work? Is that is that the idea, or or is it just a fascination? And lately, overall? I've been really interested in in uh, Cohen and his ties to other poets. Like he, huh. you know, his tie to Federico Garcia Lorca. Yeah sick right yeah, yeah. and and um so i it just i've been going down that rabbit hole Fun. Bit, Lorca and oh, Cohen. Wow. i don't know what it's gonna lead okay. to it might lead to something wow so wow yeah more okay. tactics come on okay. rifle some tactics Tell like me, what what was uh, the worst gig you've ever done oh. and why come on let's just go there uh, but i really like this stage fight you know that you're the only artist i've had on the podcast to date and I'm sure every one of them uh, has had uh, stage has, 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 has oh. grappled with it yeah but you're oh. the only one to actually pinpoint it huge and, for me. and talk about overcoming huge, it huge right? huge yeah. deal and and nowadays like I'll I'll be on stage yeah. and I'll be really nervous mm -hmm. but I, I won't like I'll feel that feeling in the pit of my stomach yeah yeah sure and I'll just keep but it's a anyway. good thing, it's isn't it? It's, is it? It means you're alive. As long as it doesn't take it, okay. over, I right. think it is a good thing. It's a heightened. Yeah. You're in an, a heightened, a sense of a state of heightened awareness. Yeah, I, I, I definitely don't want to be sympathetic to the fact that it could be debilitating. Oh, and it, it can, is and for it has many. been. Yeah, for me. yeah, okay. But one interesting thing, mm -hmm. I remember again a few years ago, I was singing in Joe's Pub in New York, mm -hmm. and my manager was there, mm -hmm. and it was a ten-song set, and I was for the first seven songs, so nervous, like painfully nervous for mm -hmm. the whole seven songs mm -hmm. finally the last three are there i mm -hmm. know them well i'm like i can we start go. to relax a little bit right, this right. is great i can actually enjoy myself here we and go and i get off stage i go over to my manager and i was like weren't those three songs at the end great like they had a good feel to me he's like actually no the first seven were really good but then you just got a bit too relaxed and i was like wow so that's so the mm. audience doesn't perceive stage fright as stage fright they perceive it as energy which it is it is and like you know you look at someone like mary margaret o'hara who's there we a go. brilliant performer yeah. but is yeah. also plagued with demons and yeah. um you know is in this crazy state when she goes yeah. on stage yeah. like sort of bound between do i know what i'm gonna sing yeah. but i kind of don't want to know what i'm gonna sing because i want to be spontaneous yeah. but i i'm too scared to be so i'm gonna force myself into this situation right, right. and then what you see uh, as an audience member is, is brilliance like it's uh, but you don't experience that necessarily as the performer. Right, on stage. you don't know what's going on in from that perspective. Yeah, so it's really you're interesting there. for yeah, me yeah, yeah. to hear what he had to say about that. Huh. He, as an audience member, perceived that as great. It was great energy, even though I was tying myself in knots up there. So even though you didn't, you weren't enjoying that energy. I wasn't enjoying yeah, it. Yeah, right. It was quite right. painful. Fun. Yeah. But it, it helped me understand something that you, you, yeah, you kind of have to embrace the nerves or mm. be in it like just be in it and mm. see what happens and just be there mm -hmm. yeah anyway um um i feel what else can i tell you about worst gig 
Well, that wasn't it. Joe's Joe's Pub. No, that was a good. No, that was gig. a nice one. I mean, I've had bad. I, I had a pretty shitty gig in North Bay once. Oh yeah. Uh, but it's because everyone was just talking. Okay. And sometimes when everyone's talking, it's kind of okay because you can bond with your band. You and know you can have up. a great time on stage. Right. You can try out new tunes, and you're certainly not nervous at those gigs. Yeah. Like, right. I'm used to doing a gig where you can hear a pin drop. Right. And, of course, right. that's nerve-wracking. Okay. So, yeah. It, it was a worse gig on this on the scale of people just not giving a shit. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't the worst gig in terms of nerves, that's mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and one, one gig early on, nobody showed up. That was pretty depressing. Yeah. But then it turned out they had uh, scheduled the wrong venue. venue. Shit. Uh, and so, you know, several people went to a different bar where well, I was. Well, that's nice to know. <laughs> it was good. A, if, if <laughs> that's what I'll say the next time no one shows. Is, uh, I can relate to this to this feeling. You know what? They all went to the alternate venue. I was that, really that, glad I found that, that out. That's, that's nice for the ego. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Management, um, management. That's an interesting thing to me. So how does that work? And it, has it been... Yeah. Are you still jamming with the same gentleman? No, no. 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 I've had a few managers over the years. Okay. You know, Canada doesn't really have a, yeah. a system for managers and agents and artists. There's not uh, a mm-hmm. system, and and so it's kind of weird. What you mean a system like in other 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 countries? You'd see a little more formalized. Yeah, yeah. I think so. I think yeah. you would. Yeah. Um, so I, uh, yeah, I have. You know, I have people that help me out sometimes and act in that capacity. Yeah, I was going to say, because I, I was just talking with Selena Martin on this very podcast about the concept of a manager. And has it helped you to say, okay, the label wants this. I recommend you do this. Just in terms of steering you, not controlling yeah. you, just giving you a bit of focus to, to your work. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I mean... Uh, and helping leverage, right? I mean... Well, yeah. yeah like, yeah. they do stuff that... My, I mean, a couple managers ago... Yeah. Zach Werner was my manager. You, you might not. He was from uh, what's it called? Canadian Idol. He was oh, like shit. the nasty okay. judge. But okay. this was before Canadian Idol came right. to be. Okay. So he was managing a few people. I was one yep. of them. And um, he would do things, you know, he'd go to Atlantic Records in New York when we were there and mm-hmm. he'd propose that I open for, say, Rufus Wainwright or like great. stuff that I would never think of. Right. He introduced me to great musicians that I still to this day have a great relationship That's with. That's very cool. It's, it's just about, you know, they, they create connections, yeah. or he created connections yeah. that uh, were really great and you may not have thought of that right it's well, just I oh shit would. yeah that's a great idea ne- I'll, I'll do that sure i'll sit down with them and write <laughs> yeah, a song yeah. or like cool. maybe record a track together stuff like that uh. that i would never i get you know i'm just lost in my own world and, yeah. and i don't know about the business of music i'm terrible about the business of music so I'm now really now amazing. you're 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 self-managed or what's going on yeah now? i you're mean i have limbo? an agent okay. but i don't okay. have a manager that's yeah. how you navigate and the agent books gigs yeah the agent books gigs i, I had a manager for a while yeah. Uh, Bernie Fiedler, who okay. has been in the game for ages. That's a name we know in yeah. Street Tactics. He was like back at the riverboat in the yeah. 60s. Okay. He, you know, brought Joni wow. and wow. Gordon and all those guys in there. Wow. But he has always had a love for classical music, so he liked what I did because wow. it was in the. So he'll occasionally be like, hey, I've got you a gig at Kerner Hall. Let's do this. He'll just sort of. Be, he's retired, he doesn't need to make yeah. a living. Uh, mm. But he helps me out every now and then, so that's kind of nice. It is beautiful to hear. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, right on. Yeah, and I'm pretty stubborn, like when it comes yeah. to repertoire and 
all sorts of things. I, I, I think I have my own vision and I, I can get kind of stubborn and, and fight with, say, a label or a... I used to fight with my... Is that I, right? Oh, God, yeah. yeah. And I never even thought... I don't think of myself as that kind of person. I'm a pretty easygoing person. But sure. But, boy, the arguments I would have with my label in Germany... What's your most memorable? Like, uh, oh, I, I remember going on... Uh, I was in my hotel room and, he, and yeah. Dirk called me up just before going on stage. He's like, I think you should change the set list to this and this. And I'm like, no, I'm going on stage. Leave me alone. I'm not changing a thing. Let's talk about this afterwards. Right on. I hung up on him. Dirky. Did the set. Yeah. And... and we talk about repertoire for the CDs, and we'd argue. Okay. But he he then at one point said, you know, but that's why I like you. You know, I want someone with a You're, strong vision. Okay. So that made me feel a little better. Dirty. <laughs> but I know a lot of people like Ron Sexsmith is the easiest going, yeah. nicest guy. Yeah. But get him in a recording studio with Danielle Lenoir, and suddenly you know he knows gonna, what he wants. Yeah. You're gonna have a big fight on your There's hands. artistic decisions to be made. Artistic decisions are artist. Yeah. And Do it respectfully. We're Canadian. Come on, come on. We're Canadian. Come on. Anyway. Let's do some more Mongolian throat singing. Nah, okay. Okay, or no. I'm not relaxed. In one breath. Here we go. One more Kanalingi. Here we go. Ready? Oh, no. Oh, I'll follow your lead this time. Here we go. I thought we were doing the Mongolian okay. mix with the Kanalingi. Okay, so take it away. Take it away. We'll just make that one cycle. Actually, in the podcast, I'll just keep repeating it. I'll cut it after. Um, what's your What's your proudest moment doing all this? Like, the, is it the Is it the people you've met along the way? Is it what What is it? There, let me answer your question for you. Fuck off. That's a little bit of self-hatred there for your gentle listener. What's, I what's really your like um, the collaborations that I've had. Really, yeah. like, uh, you know, writing a song with Dennis Lee, the guy who yeah, wrote yeah. Alligator Pie. Alligator like, Pie. Uh, that he comes into my living room and we write a song together. And That's tea. charming. That me. That's or, charming. You know, my last album was just a very joyful experience. Uh, brought in a great instrumentation, Nico Harpa, Hurdy Gurdy, cello, bass, um, violin, lap steel guitar, Whoa. harp. And it, it, it's just a great group of people. We mm -hmm. got along really well in the mm -hmm. studio, mm -hmm. had so much fun. And Where'd you record it? Canterbury Studios, okay. around the corner. Right on, right Jeremy on. Darby, yeah. Beauty, beauty. Yeah, yeah. What do you want to play from that record? Yeah, you know what? Why don't I play uh, Deepest December that I wrote with Dennis Lee? The, here it comes. Deepest uh, December. Uh, Not the right month, maybe. Deep depends is the center. Play. Depends on when we play. No, we're going to play this soon. It's going to okay. come out real soon. So right. I want to thank you for making time thank on this very podcast. Thank you my deck. Uh, this is it. A tune Trish wrote with Dennis Lee. It's called? Deepest December. Thanks, Trish. You're welcome. There is a night in deepest December When all the light Seems to disappear Of all the nights I ever remember It is the bleakest of the year 
a nice track wasn't that a beautiful tune deepest december written by our fantastic guest thank you patricia o'callahan also featuring dennis lee on that on that track who co-wrote the tune thanks again patricia beautiful to chat with you join us again check out all the dates at friendlyrich.com and we'll see you again real soon two mondays from now on industry tactics Goodbye.